Hey, that cheerful voice on the line this morning is Mr. Larry Weber, and he's been telling me about all these anniversaries that are coming up over the weekend. Do tell, do tell, do tell. Well, yes, uh, most people don't really keep track of these things, but uh, phenologists are our own little world. Uh, yes, tomorrow is the anniversary of the uh, record-setting heat that we had a year ago. Now, what's ironic about it is that the entire month of October last year was the fifth coldest on record, but not for the ninth. The ninth hit 80 degrees. And then, of course, we had a, a considerable amount of snow uh, the latter half of October. But speaking of snow, it was in the year 09, and it was the 10th of October that we got a rather substantial snowfall, and it was really a great experience. I considered it two seasons at once because we had plenty of trees that were still in their autumn color. I had apple tree in my yard still loaded with apples, and all of those were coated with a couple of inches of snow. It was it was really a neat experience, but I don't think there's any snow in our forecast this time around. Uh, this has been the first week of October. I am talking to you from the North Shore. I took a little drive this week and went up the, uh, the North Shore. Um, it's interesting to see the color patterns. I always think of the bright reds that we associate with autumn. I always think of those as being more of a September, a, sept- a September uh, phenomenon. And uh, yes, that's exactly what it has been. But as we look around, we'll see some trees that are still bright red. Uh, the red of the uh, sumac and the red of Virginia creeper, red maple, pin cherry, dogwood, they're still lingering, but the yellows are taking over. And that was really obvious on my drive north, uh, Aspen in particular. This is yellow Aspen time in early October. Aspen are a little bit later to take on the yellow color. Now this year, because of the drought, many of them faded before it really got the chance to get the color. But where I have been, there is a lot of yellow color from the aspen. They're not alone. We see plenty of yellows from sugar maple. We see plenty of yellows from basswood and willow and uh, birches, all with a lot of color. One of the interesting trees that I've noticed up here in the along the North Shore has been mountain ash. Mountain ash is a quite common tree in the yards in Duluth, but most of that is European mountain ash. Many of the mountain ash up here in the North Shore are native, and they are taking on quite a color of uh, yellow and orange along with their bright red berries, so it's a very, very colorful tree. Uh, yes, interesting experience. In addition, in addition to that, this is migrant time. This is, of course, at Hawk Ridge, the time where you'll see plenty of uh, raptors still going over. The big flight of broadwing hawks is, uh, once again, a phenomenon of September. But red-tailed hawks, sharp-shinned hawks, bald eagles, turkey vultures, this is when a lot of them will come across. Then every so often you throw in a few of the more unusual ones, uh, things like golden eagle, goshawks, and peregrine falcons. So yeah, there's still plenty of raptor migration going on, but there's plenty of non-raptor migration as well. Geese and ducks 
I see uh, I see both of them every day. I've been watching ducks at what I call ducks at dusk, and where they fly over every evening. I think what's going on is that these ducks, almost always wood ducks, spend the day in some location feeding and resting, and then they uh, go on to someplace else for the night. And so I often watch these uh, ducks at dusk. There's also the migration of things like uh, sandhill cranes. And then yesterday, as I was walking along the shore of Lake Superior, I saw a golden plover. These are shorebirds. A lot of shorebirds will migrate earlier in the season, including into in August, but not the plovers. They're always a little later, and I usually look for them in October. This one was alone, and it was in no particular hurry to move on. It found a good spot to feed and just did just that. And then I saw an American pipit. A pipit is a kind of a sparrow-like bird in first appearance. They live in the far north, and when they migrate down here, they are often going to show up almost always on the ground. And as they walk, they wag their tail a good amount, and uh, that's why they belong to a group of birds called the wagtails. And uh, anyway, but speaking of sparrows, this is sparrow time. As I think I mentioned last week, there may be no better time of the whole year to see a variety of sparrows. And in recent days, I have seen no less than nine kinds of sparrows. During my walk this morning, I saw white-throated sparrow and junco, both of which are very common migrants. But in the last few days, I also saw things like Harris sparrow, white-crowned sparrow, fox sparrow, and a few more that uh, were seen a, a few days before that. But nevertheless, this is a really good time to see sparrows. It's also a time where uh, blackbird flocks start showing up, rusty blackbirds, uh, red-winged blackbirds, grackles all start showing up at this time. And then, of course, we have the continuous migration of blue jays. Other news of note, we had a beautiful pumpkin in our yard, nice and our garden, nice and large, orange. Well, guess what? The other night, a visitor came by and ate the entire pumpkin right on the spot. Now, who would do that? <laughs> uh, raccoons might try, but they can't quite handle a pumpkin, but, uh, but a pear can. And yes, we had a surprise. In addition to hungry bears out there right now, there are chipmunks and squirrels that are preparing for the impending cold. Now, whether it's going to be real cold or not, we can't tell. But the days continue to get shorter. We're now down. We're now down to uh, less than 11 and a half hours of daylight, and it continues to get continues to get shorter. Uh, there's as far as uh, the uh, the uh, insects go. There may be a few butterflies, but for the, if you see butterflies, you're seeing the ones that are going to hibernate for the most part. Uh, wildlife has to deal with the coming cold in four different ways. They can hibernate, they can migrate, they can remain active throughout the winter, or they can die. And the ones that die, you will lay eggs before they die, and that's a large amount of the insects that we see right now. If you're seeing yellow jackets, 
hornets like I have every day. That's what they're going through. Many of the butterflies of yellow and white, the sulfurs and the whites, cabbage whites, are just that. They're going to be dying in the colder weather. Uh, so they have to deal with that. Now, things like ladybugs are interesting because they will do both. They will migrate and they will hibernate. They usually move to a different location. If it's an Asian ladybug, that location could be our house. And then they go in and spend the winter in hibernation. So they're dealing with a number of things right now. And, of course, a lot of them are very hungry. The leaf color continues, as I was talking before. This is yellow time. But the, the, the big thing that will be coming up, and today's date is the 8th. It could be next week when we're talking. The big thing that comes up in mid-October is what I call the leaf drop. Now, there have been leaves falling constantly lately, but not the big leaf drop. The big leaf drop usually comes around the middle of the month, and usually we get some wind and rain, perhaps snow, and it will bring down just multitudes of leaves. And they might, if you leave your car out parked overnight, it, you might the next morning might not even be able to see it. It's so covered with leaves. So that's a phenomenon that we get to look forward to. And another one we get to look forward to, when these leaves of deciduous trees have dropped, the tamaracks from out in the swamps speak up, and they show us a yellow-gold color that makes us forget about the deciduous trees. I started to see some yellow just this week. And then, Lisa, I can't go on without talking about two more. One of them is, of course, all the fog that we've had lately makes the spider webs show up. And there's lots of them out there, but they're especially abundant with the funnel webs. I went through a section of this week. Oh, I don't think it was even a quarter of a mile along the side of the road. And I started seeing all these funnel webs and I decided to count them. And there was over a hundred in that one stretch right there. Yes, an interesting little spider lives down by the ground. And because they're down by the ground, they get all this dew on them. And the webs are easy to see when we have fog and dew but it can also get frosted. And then the other one I have to talk about is mushrooms. Yes, October is not too late to see mushrooms. You know, we have not had a stream chilly temperatures. We have not had what they call a killing frost. And we have not had things that are going to discourage the growth of the mushrooms in the woods. Uh, the rains that we are in having in the forecast might make that even more so. But Ammonida, Agaricus are out in the lawns, as well as Coprinus. That's the uh, shaggy mane, shaggy mane, or sometimes called inky cap mushrooms. That's out in the lawn. I've seen the the fairy ring mushroom called Marat brown marasmius. And then, of course, in the woods, we have a number of other ones. The two that really stand out are Armillaria, that's the uh, honey mushroom, and Foliota, that's the uh, scaly cap mushroom. Both of them grow in a, a large numbers around the base of, uh, of trees. And then a great discovery I made this week is finding a couple of Horaceum. That's also known as a comb tooth uh, fungus, and that doesn't look like a mushroom, but it is related to them, and I find them usually on the trunks of the tree, but this particular growth was on a log. So there's, a, there's still a lot going on. It, it's not too late to get out and take a look at these mushrooms and uh, take a camera with you. They are quite photogenic. And so, yeah, Lisa, yeah, a good anniversary. Welcome. 
happy anniversary and welcome to the next phase, whatever. Whatever that turns out to be. Let's hope we can just hold the, off on the snow thing just a, just a, just a titch for a well, little you know, bit. You know, but... what else, you know what else is the 30th anniversary this month is the, the megastorm. Mega, the megastorm of 1991. Now, we often call it the Halloween storm, but most of the snow took place on the next couple of days. I, I recall it distinctly. Yes. <laughs> distinctly. Was, uh, I had just moved enough, to town. I recall <laughs> the snow started in the evening of Halloween, and it was not enough to stop trick-or-treating. No, no. 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 Oh, so heavens no. can't do that. <laughs> no, and I guess I had never, until that point, I guess I had never lived anywhere Maybe because I hadn't lived in town in a while, but I hadn't lived anywhere where folks simply jumped on snowmobiles and went about their business. And I thought it was the coolest yeah. thing ever. Yeah, it, 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 it was going to look, it looked almost that way. It's the only time I ever saw a school canceled on two days in a row, one of which was Friday and the other one, which was the following Monday. Monday. So, yes. Okay, anyway, have a good one. Thanks, Take Larry. Care. Larry Weber this morning, our host for Backyard Almanac, a regular feature of Fridays here on KUMD.